0: You know that's that's really that song right there is 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 the pinnacle of what we're supposed to do, and take your Bibles, go to Romans 10. I started something on Wednesday night. I want to finish it up tonight. Brother Chris called me uh, last night, said he was going to be here this morning. I thought, well, hey, whenever you get an opportunity to get a missionary in, uh, and it was a funny that uh, I had just taught, uh, like I said, everything he just went through. I taught with, uh, when going through for the last. He did it in an hour. It took me what three weeks, four weeks, uh, to go through that same thing, four weeks at an hour and a half probably each. Uh, so there was a bunch of students that got, or people that come to that class that got that, came up to me, a couple of them came up to me and said, I got questions for Thursday night. I'm like, oh, thanks, Chris. You really did me good. Uh, but, but it's a blessing, you know, that when you start going through your Bible uh, and you start thinking uh, you're supposed to give him the glory and give him and, and do that, there's a, there's a method to do that. And there's a way to do it. And there's a, a thing you're supposed to be going after. And sometimes, I guess in life, we, we never know or never taught. Uh, we never see. We've never been around anybody who's done it. The Lord gives you a couple examples in here. Uh, Romans, Romans chapter 10, you don't have to stand up. Just says, We already read this last time. It says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Father, uh, thank you tonight. Thank you for just letting us come to church. Thank you for the singing. Lord, everything we do, uh, let it be for your glory, your honor. And your praise, Lord. Uh, we need to be taught. We're your sheep. We need to be taught, uh, Lord. I pray that you teach us with a gentle hand and, and mercy and grace, long suffering, uh, Lord. Look at look down and see what our desires are, and Lord, help tweak our desires, turn them, uh, and if they're going in the wrong direction, pull them back into the right direction, Lord. That our desires would be towards you, Father. And what a blessing it is to be in church tonight, Father. Again, blessed. Now we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Been saved for forty three years. Uh, my desire since the time like I got saved, probably even before, the t- I always want to know who God was. Uh, I think you got you to gotta come to the realization somewhere is there a God? If there is a God, I guess being from Kentucky makes it pretty single minded that if there's a God, then you ought to try to figure out who he is. Uh, once you figure out who he is, you ought to just try to serve him. I mean, it's just that simple, it seems very simple to me. We make it complicated. Uh, Here's a man like Paul. Paul's a a great man, a great Christian. And Paul Paul went through a bunch of stuff to get us the word of God. Uh, It says right here, uh, let me get back here, see if I can find where I left off. Uh, If I ask you the question, here's where I left off. If I ask you the question of what your desires are, Paul said he he told you clearly what his was, what would you say? Christ Christ always put the will of his father before his own will. He said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's coming right to the cross. Uh, That's exactly what it was. Uh, Christ's desire was always to do the will of the Father. Then you get Paul here in Romans 10. He says the people uh, of his heritage, he wants his people to get saved. He says, my brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Uh, he knows that there's a complicated uh, uh, way of life that the Jews have, and it's, it's about the law, and there's a there's a line that has to be uh, drawn, and you have to step across that line, and you have to let the law go away. Like Brother Chris was saying today, I don't know why anybody would want to live under the law. Yeah. I have no desire to live under the law. I have no desire. I like living just like. Is there something wrong? My tie. Does that make it. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> Beth is sitting down there going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm trying to read signs like, what is that, man? <laughs> you just should come up here and do it and get it over with, and then, and then it's done, but that's okay. I don't really care. Uh, you, I mean, you got to laugh at yourself every now and then. I mean, life is full of stuff, man. Just your laugh. Uh, but Paul, Paul here says, my, my heart's desire, and Paul got saved, and, and I talking to Brother Chris today. I think that Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, Paul was in that crowd watching him. If he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees and up there at the feet of Gamaliel, they were the, those Pharisees and scribes were trying to get rid of Jesus Christ. They had tried for three years. Paul was probably part of that group that tried to get rid of him. Although he may not have been brought out in the open at that moment, the Lord was sitting down there looking at Paul's heart and says, although Paul is doing the wrong thing, there's a desire in that man's heart to do good. I'll bet you Paul was sitting there. That's just a micism. You can say, well, there's no proof. Yeah, there's no proof it wasn't. But his character and where he was at, because at the feet of Stephen, when they're killing Stephen, Paul's right there. Yeah, right. And Paul's sitting there holding the coats, watching Stephen get stoned. Now I'll tell you what, if you don't think that people watch you, when I got kicked out of the chief's mess and I got in front of that master chief, man, I had my finger in his face. As far as I was concerned, there was nobody left in that room but me and him. And I was in his face, and he was yelling back at me, and I said, you offend my God. Now, if you don't think everybody around was watching that, like, where in the world does Elliot get that kind of guts at? To pick up the oldest one, the oldest master chiefs, and the meanest master chiefs on the ship, and get in his face, and tell him he offends his God. Well, I'll tell you what, they watched that thing. If Paul was anywhere around that, and watched Jesus, said, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? Paul's sitting there looking and said, who in the world is he talking? Man, I've been in this thing for a long time. I've prayed, but not like that. I've talked and I thought I was praying to God, but not like that. Then he sees Stephen over there. And they're hitting him with rocks. And Stephen says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He says, I look up into heaven and I see the Son standing at the right hand of the Father. And Paul goes, man, I've looked up a lot of times, never seen nothing like that. And Stephen, they're starting to hit him with rocks. And he says, Father, forgive him. Paul goes, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> By the time he got to the road to Damascus, man, I mean, he was trying his best to serve God the way, only way he knew. You know, the Lord never rebuked Paul for killing Christians. Not that I can find. Paul, Paul says what he's done, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the Lord never rebuked him. That, that's not even the issue. That's a symptom of the problem. You know what the problem was? Paul was away from God. And he had a desire in his heart. Paul said, I want to I be back. He goes, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. And he's talking about his people, but not according to knowledge. The problem is they, they're ignorant of God's word. When people do not serve God, they're ignorant of God's word. Well, once you hear the word of God, you can't be ignorant anymore. Uh, he, goes, and he goes, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. God's righteousness, by the way, is Jesus Christ. They're ignorant of Jesus Christ. And if you're ignorant of Jesus Christ, you're going to be ignorant of his ways. And going about to establish their own righteousness, their desire, not God's. Uh, You know what the danger is for a Christian is to continue in their desire. You got to put the Lord's desire first. You got to find someplace where his desire and your desire matches. And when you finally just go on down the path and whenever they, they start having a problem and yours starts going offside, he will direct you and you'll let go of the other thing. It's easy to do. Uh, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God, Jesus Christ. For Christ is the end of the law of, for righteousness to everyone that believe it. Now Paul is telling you what his desire is. His desire is to reach out and get people that aren't there. His desire is to serve God. That's where he is. Paul's desire, you want a resume, you want his resume, go to Acts, uh, Philippians 3, 4 real quick. And you're going to get a taste of Paul before. Sometimes you got to watch being mean or cruel or, or prejudging somebody uh, way before the Lord judges that person. Uh, you never know, know who you got. Paul, chapter, uh, Philippians chapter three, verse four. He says, though I might also have, oh man, go back to three. Four, for, we are, are, for we of the circumcision talking to the Jews, about the Jews, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. Now he's going to talk about his pre Acts 9 condition. If any other man thinketh that he himself, whereof uh, he might trust in, in the flesh, I am more circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews. That's why he's probably right there where Jesus Christ was being crucified. As touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, uh, which is of the law blameless before God? He was blameless when it comes to the law. He did everything that he he could make that. If that law said do something, he did it. Go now. Take your go to uh, Acts chapter or Second uh, Corinthians eleven. 2 Corinthians eleven is an interesting passage. I come across this the other day and was reading. I was in my daily reading, and I'm like, Lord, check that guy out, man. Paul is one of the most interesting characters you have ever seen. Before Acts chapter 9, he had a testimony that he was clean. You know what he had? A desire to serve God. And he was going to do, he was above affairs. He wasn't like some of them other guys, man, who just kind of good, took, the, took the position. And, and once they got the position, they did whatever they wanted. Not Paul. Paul was one of them guys who, he was, his, he, his feet were on the ground, man. He was out trying to do what he thought God wanted him to do. Uh, Paul met the requirements in the flesh. However, that wasn't good enough. Your flesh isn't good enough to get you to God. Never will be, never never was, supposed to, never will be. Uh, but Paul's resume or desire after Acts chapter 9, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-two, He says, he goes, man, he, he starts going off. He says, uh, he goes, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes, above me. This is as he's a Christian. This is after he got saved. In prisons more frequent, in deaths off. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned with. Can I get a show of hands of anybody to even been like this ever? Ever? Okay. This guy has some desire. It's going to take something way beyond where you're at to get you to do what God wants you to do. And that has to come deep down in your soul. In journeys off, verse 26. Ah, oh, wait, go back. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. That wasn't smoking pot either. Uh, thrice I suffered shipwreck. At night or and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys, oh, have you ever seen some of those big sharks out there in the ocean? Boy, I'd hate. Uh, I'm, surely he was in, it had to be over in the Mediterranean, and there's sharks in the Mediterranean. Uh, he could have get eaten up real quick, man. I mean, it's, just, it's one of the things where it's not one of those places you want to be. Uh, anytime. In journeys off, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of heathen, uh, by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils of, in the sea, in perils of false brethren, in uh, weariness and painfulness and watchings oft. I mean, he has got some issues going on. In hunger uh, and thirst and fastings off, and cold and, and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. You're talking about a man that had a desire to serve God, and the Lord put that thing on him. You know, if you really want to serve God, it's going to cost. Now, he never asked you to pay a cost getting saved. He never asked me to ever pay a cost getting saved. Not one dime. Not one dime. He never asked me for nothing. He just showed me that I was lost, undone, and needed to get saved. And I said, okay, that makes good sense to me, and I took him up on it. Over the years, he showed me a couple things. And he said, hey, Mike, it's going to cost you a little bit here. And sometimes our cost is because of what we do. The cost might have never had to have been paid. But we have to do stuff sometimes that we shouldn't do, and it's going to cost you to do that thing. Sometimes you can recover right through that thing with no problem. Other times you can't. And you're going to have to go through it and be done with it and be finished. You know what Paul, at the end, at the end of all the stuff he went through, At the end of his resume in Philippians, he says this. But what's of Philippians 3, 7? But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency, not just just some part of it, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. You know what Paul's desire was? God, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what his desire was? It was Jesus. You know what our problem is today? Uh, sometimes we just have never met him like we should. Uh, sometimes we've never spent our time. A lot of times we haven't looked at ourselves and said, What am I looking for? In this world, what do you really want? That's the question, really, when it boils down right to. What do you want? I can't make anybody do anything. As a matter of fact, I'm not even trying. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what Jesus said. As far as I like Joshua, man. He says, "As far as me and my house, we shall serve the Lord." And if you don't want to serve my Lord, uh, Jesse, you're the only one. Esther, you're the only one left. Get out, man. I love you, but get out. Uh, Beth, I tell Beth to get out. And if I don't want to serve the Lord, she can look at me and tell me to get out. Although I won't do it, because <laughs> I still got to pay the bills. I ain't going to do that, man. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. The court tells me what they ain't going to tell me what to do. They're going to lock me up. I ain't going to do nothing they tell me when it comes to my house. They tell me, you got to leave because you're a You're crazy, man. Lock me up. I'll have a prison ministry right now. I know how to do it, man. You want to keep people away from you? You start preaching at them, man. They'll stay away from you. They don't want nothing to do with Jesus Christ, man. And a lot of them guys in jail, they, they fear God. They might act big and mean, and, and, but I'll tell you what, when it gets right down to it, they're afraid of God. They know, man. They know that there's a God. God puts something in their heart. he reaches down. And you don't have to worry about it. Paul done gave that stuff up. Philippians 1.21 says, I'm getting the message just a second. I got something I want to head to. He says, for me to live, this is Paul. This is the Apostle Paul and his mindset. The mindset has to be developed over years of life. Your mindset can't be developed overnight. You can't get this kind of a mindset in moments in your life. You have to take life from the start to the finish, and the Lord starts giving you a heart, and your heart gets to... uh, uh, played with and it's like a potter man where he puts you on a potter's wheel and he gets you across that thing and he takes you across and he keeps taking you across and he keeps guiding and directing you and as long as you let him guide and direct you life trust in the Lord with all my heart Lead, those aren't just words brethren they're not just words that's a way of life and if you'll heed that thing he'll guide and direct your life through this thing called life little bits that you have and he'll get you to the other side and you'll praise God on that other side You'll give him glory by what you're doing on this side. That's what we're here for. We're not here to make anybody happy. Brethren, you can't make nobody happy. I can't make, Beth always says, I can't make you happy. Why'd you ever marry me? I say, because the Lord told me to. And I ain't going to do what he, if he says do it, I'm going to do it. If you don't like it, you can leave. And she doesn't. She stays. She's been with me for 33 years. I could get rid of her if I had to. She, she won't go, man. I'm telling you, she won't go. And I won't go either. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die gain. That's a fact. I already know that. I knew that. I knew that verse back in 1982 or 83. I knew that right where that was. I read that before, man. I said, man, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Boy, it's better for me if I died, if I want to be selfish. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall count, I wot not, or what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two. He's always fighting that thing, man. He's always fighting. There's a fight there. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Now, here you go. That isn't a fight between the old man and the new man. That's a fight between a spiritual Paul on the earth and a spiritual Paul that wants to go to heaven. And Paul's looking at the most spiritual choice of the two choices, and he goes on and says it. He says, which is far better. He says, for I'm in a strait betwixt two. He's having a battle on the spiritual side. Man, we need to get away from that old man, new man garbage and let the old man die. Like he said today, it's in the morgue. Let it stay there. Come out of the morgue and get into life and just start finding out what God wants you to do. That's what you need. He goes, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ. Now, there is nothing wrong with that. Well, you're morbid. You just want to die. No, i say I want to be with Christ. You tell me what's wrong with that. I've talked to a lot of old preachers that's been in the thing for a long time. You know what the first thing out of their mouths usually are? And Chris said it today. Brother Chris said it today. I want to go to heaven. The more you get into this thing, the more you realize how important and how sweet that is. And he goes right here and says, which is far better. So to be with Christ is far better for him. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul realized that the desire he had for Christ to go with him, overrode his own desire, and then he realized he needed to do the desire of God, and he made the choice. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abode, abide and continue with all of you uh, for the furtherance of, and joy of faith. So Paul made a, dis- a choice there. David, go to Psalm 51, and I'll do a couple things, and I'll be done. You want one of the best examples in your life is David. David, a uh, little boy, a young man out there doing what God said, to do. Loves God. I mean, Samuel came. Samuel's uh, little boy, his mom gave him up. See, I can't do it. Mom said, hey, boy," I uh, said, you give me a baby. He's up there. She's praying at the altar, man. Eli thinks she's drunk. She's saying, Lord, give me a child and I'll lend him to you for your whole, his whole life. He's yours. Now, see, a lot of people will say stuff and then when they get what they say, they renege on what they said. Hannah didn't do that. Hannah said, hey, you give me a boy and he's yours. I'll see to it. Eli said, you're going to get your desires. You know what God gave her? First of all, he's checking her out. Like, I'm going to give you exactly what you asked for. Now let's see what you do. David gives the perfect formula for getting right and staying right. And it's all about desire. You've got to check your desires out. What is your desire? Not, I'm not saying be rich or be wealthy or be not poor. I'm not saying you have to be poor and, and beggarly and everything else. But if, you're, if your life is going in such a direction that it's taking everything out of you on a daily basis and you've got nothing left for Jesus Christ, there's something wrong with that. If you can make the two works simultaneously, working side by side, and you can still walk around, and, man, I used to love LexisNexis, man. I love EDS. I, uh, uh, crane pro services never had a problem man. I preached it, everything moved man me and Roland get up on a crane and we'd yell at each other all the time man we'd, well, we'd be doing all kinds of stuff up there but, but I mean I preached anything moved on the ships every, all the way down the hallways I preached it, everything moved there was it was not out of character for me to preach at that master chief in that chief's mess it was out of character to do it in the chief's mess that's what was out of character I would have never done anything like that up to that point but boy, he's talking between a rock and a hard place, man. I mean, I'm between God and de- the devil. And I got to make a choice here, and it has to be immediate. And that was just the outcome that came up. Paul is sitting here, or David is sitting here in Psalm 51. He says, Have mercy. Now, he's, he's committed adultery with Bathsheba. He's killed Uriah the Hittite. David knows exactly where his problem is. He knows the law, he knows that he should die. The, the outcome for what he just did, you go to Leviticus, is death. He should die. Him and Bathsheba both should be taken out and stoned. However, that doesn't happen, and David knows it. And David sits here, and he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy love. You know what David's desire was? Is to get right. That was his desire. And he knew he messed up, but the flesh got in the way. The flesh always gets in the way. Your flesh always going to give you a problem. But when it does, are you ready to get the thing right when that happens? That's what the key is. It isn't that my flesh. Your flesh always cringes, man, and wants something it can't have or shouldn't have. Eve, ask Eve about the fruit when we get to heaven, man. I mean, she'll, she probably really regrets that. But there's nothing you can do about it. Once you take the bite, it's all over. Uh, David says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto thy, the multitudes of thy tender mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Why would he care? because he knows that's affecting his fellowship. And he wants that fellowship more than anything. What is your desire today? What what do you want? Do you care about somebody more than you do Jesus Christ? There's a problem. David messed up, but David valued that relationship with God more than his own life, more than anything he had. And he knew, he knew, man, I tell you what, he used to sit out there probably in that field at nighttime. Now we're talking about a lifetime of a, a young man. And he'd sit out in that field at nighttime, at nighttime, playing that little harp or whatever, that lyre that he was playing, uh, soothing the sheep, man. He was sitting there probably making songs up, talking to the Lord about what he was doing. David knew how to talk to God. God said, he's a man after my own heart. He's telling you all about that man. So David messes up. David already has that there, and he lost it. You know what he wanted to do is get it back. That was more important to him than life. He was the king. That was, you know what Saul cared about? was Saul. David cared about God. And he said, I want that relationship back. I want that relationship. David had the right desire. Verse 2, another desire. Wash me thoroughly. He knew exactly what it took to get it. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. You say, how, how are you going to get that desire across to God? You've got to acknowledge, verse 3. You've got to acknowledge your condition. He did For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. You know, this problem is between David and God. It's not between anybody else. He says, uh, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. That's, that's exactly what he just said. He, said. he said, in spirit, you're going to worship God. It's in spirit and truth. If you want to get a hold of God, I don't care what you look like inside. I could care less. If we want to get a hold of God, you're going to have to go to him like that and say, Lord, it's me, man. David's got the perfect formula for that thing right here. He goes, uh, behold, thou desirest truth. What did Jesus Christ tell that lady? Married five times. They that seek me, must seek me, or the worship me worship me in spirit and in truth. Honesty is, is terrible, man. You know the worst thing is, is telling the truth. The truth hurts far more than a lie does. A lie gets you down the road gets you people mad. The truth, man hurts, because the truth most of the time, is, is right back at yourself. Behold thou was, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Verse 7, another desire. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. That's what David wanted. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you want tonight? Do you want to continue on? You think the sports, sports betting or sports or, or dancing or this, I have people get mad uh, because they drink or they think drinking is bad or this is bad. And you say this and you say that. Is, is that more important to you than Jesus Christ? What, what could you put on the label there? This is more important than Jesus Christ. As far as David was concerned, there was nothing more important. And he says, purge me with this. You know what's going to happen if he does what he says he's going to do for you? You're mine and you're going to get wisdom. Over in Psalm, Proverbs, you're getting wisdom. The more you get, the closer you're going to be drawn to him, the more you're going to see fallacies in your life, and the more you've got to get rid of stuff out of your life. And the closer you get, the more it goes away. And the closer you get, the more it goes away. Pretty soon people are going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're flat insane. Because you're starting to let go of things that they don't know how to let go of. They haven't even a clue where you're headed. But I'll tell you what, if you get to Romans chapter one, it tells you, you got a choice, you go be thankful. The moment you're thankful, don't just stop there because all of a sudden you get thankful to who? The Lord Jesus Christ. Then when you start getting face to face with him, you start saying, oh Lord, what about the, oh Lord, what about, and pretty soon your desires start changing. That's what he's doing. He's giving you a desire for the world or a desire for him. It's your choice which way you take that. I talk to people all the time and you can sit there and talk to them for two seconds and tell right where they are. I said that this morning in Sunday school. A child will say, give me, give me like Jacob. If you'll give me this, if you'll give me this, if you'll give me this, you'll be my God. That's a child speaking. An adult with Jesus Christ will say, Lord, thank you. Thank you just for the privilege of knowing who you are. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. There's a difference there. It's a desire. It's a, desire. It's a, it's a strange thing when you talk to people. I'm not saying not pray. 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 Pray your heart what's on your heart and let the Lord change some things in your life. I got a couple more of those books. I got three of them if you want them. I'm not going to give anybody three books, but if you want a book and you will read that thing, I'll give you a prayer book, man. It's a great book to read. It's not like the Catholic prayer books where you read the, the prayers of the saints. This tells you what you're doing and how to do it. He says, uh, verse eight, make me to hear joy. Boy, man, I tell you what, I like over in John chapter one, first John chapter one, it says, these things write unto you that your joy might be full. I remember reading that the first time, like, Lord, I said, it has nothing to do with salvation. Yeah, you idiot. You're already saved. You're you're saved, you've been saved. It has nothing to do with your salvation. It has to do with your joy. You know what makes you happy? You know what David's saying right here? I lost my joy, man. My joy, the joy of of the Lord is your strength. People people don't understand that when you're all happy and you're bubbling about Jesus Christ. They they can't can't figure that thing out until they need help. And boy, they'll come right to you when they need help. I need some of that. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. He goes, Lord, you done hit me, but my desire is I want to get back close to you. I don't care what it does or what it hurts or what it, I need to get back to you. Desire, verse 9 is another desire. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. His desire is to be clean before God. Now, brothers, sometimes the only way you can ever get there is to start moving in that direction. But you got to check your desire out. What is my desire? What is my desire? What is my desire right now? What is my desire? This world, the devil's going to put all, he, he, you know what the devil's desire was? Jump off the temple. I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. Fall down and worship me. Turn this stone into bread. His desire was all fleshly stuff. You know what Jesus is? It is written. It is written. It is written. Boy, you want an example. Boy, he gave you the example right there. All I got to do is go to this book and say, Lord, what do you got to say about that? What do you got to say about that? You say, well, that's a big book. Well, read it a couple times and it'll be okay, man. You'll get a couple things. Read it over a couple times for a couple years. Hide, hide thy face from my sin. Get it out of my life. Take it away from me. I don't want it there. Lord, Why? Well, I know it's between me and you. David had a desire. His desire was to serve God. You know why he's the greatest king Israel ever had? You know why he'll come back in the tribulation uh, in the millennium and rule and reign? God's not done with him. You know why? Because that man had a desire to serve God and he's no different than us. You can have that exact same thing. He said, "But I'm a Gentile dog." Woof, woof. Yeah, of course I am, man. But I said, "I'm a saved Gentile dog. I'm a son of the King. I'm a son of God. I'm a saint. I'm a King. I'm a priest. I'm all kinds of stuff, man." I said, "You can't touch me." He said all those things. That starts making you say, "Lord, I want to be more like you." If I'm already going to be like that anyways, I might as well figure out on this side how to be like that. You know what my prayer is for you guys? Is you could excel past where where I'm at and just leave me sitting in the mud. Just pass right on by, man. I don't care. Get as close to God as you can. You know why I'm giving those prayer books out? I'll be honest with you. Paul says his heart's desire is this. I'm giving them prayer books out so you'll learn how to pray. You know what I know? I know. If you guys start praying, this church will change. It won't be about me, brethren. It won't be about me. It's about you. If you, if you get a hold of that thing, and we get more God into this thing, then God will change this thing, not because of me, because of us. No, he'll change it because of him. That's what, you want to shout and sing? You want to run the aisles the right way? I've, said, I've seen some people do it the right way, man. I mean, they just lose it. Whoo, it's gone. And, they, and, and, and then when they get it back, they get all embarrassed and stuff because they, just, they think they made a fool of us. I think it's cool, man. I mean, I've seen some people do it the wrong way, just for show, but there's a right way to do something. You know what? You get, the right, you get God in the right place at the right time, and man, he'll, he'll put hair on the back of your head, sting him, all kinds of stuff. He said, create, here's David's desire number, number six, number G, 10, verse 10, Psalm 51, 10. Create in me a clean heart. David knows that his heart's the problem, and he says, Lord, you got to clean that thing up. Oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. Change it, direct my steps. Like like Jeremiah says, it's not within man to direct his steps. It's not. The heart is deceitful and wicked. You can't can't make that decision yourself. You'll hear me say all the time, man, you got to stop and wait on God to show you exactly what to do. If he's the God that created the universe, he can surely get a hold of you and tell you when he wants you to do something. When you try to do it yourself, what you're going to do is you're going to figure it out in your head because there's some smart people in this world. They can figure all kinds of stuff out, but God's nowhere near it. If God's in it, he can, David was a very wise man. He said, do you want me to go up? No. You know what David did? He did. He said, you want me to go up? Yeah, I want you to go up. He said, I'll deliver me in your hands. I mean, he did exactly what the Lord told him a couple times. He messed up. And then all of a sudden, but boy, I tell you what, the Lord always took care of him. You can, you, the Lord always took care of David. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit with me. Another desire, cast me not away from thy presence. I don't want to be out of your sight. I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want to be anywhere. If I can't be with the Lord on this planet, get me off of it. If I can't do the right thing, get me out of the way. Don't let me hurt somebody else. Get me out of here. I mean, I want to serve God. I don't know about you. That's what I want. And I want you to serve God. That's what I want. I, I can't make you do it. Matter of fact, I struggle to do it myself. But that's still what I want. Restore unto me, number verse twelve. Restore unto me another desire. The joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So Lord, hold me up, man. Let me let me let me stay under the shadow of your wing. I don't care about hide. You know, a real man, a real man will not fear to serve Jesus Christ. A pride-filled coward will will well up and act like there's something they're not. I've had people say, Mike, I haven't seen a big guy like you cry. And you cry all the time. Man, I tell you what, when you start thinking about Jesus Christ, how could you not? What he did for me at Calvary, he did that for you too. But what he did for me at Calvary, I know what it cost him. That hurt, and he was all man and all God, but that hurt, and it it was before he got to Calvary, he was beaten. You read Psalm 22? That's him. You read Psalm 50 or uh, Isaiah 53? That's him. I mean, the Ethiopian eunuch that was lost said, who in the world is he talking about here? He said, that guy, whoever that was, went through something, and Philip says, yeah, he did it for you. And right after that, that Ethiopian unit got saved, man. I'm telling you what. You know what? You stop and think about what Jesus did for you, and your life should change. If it doesn't, I'm going to tell you something. Your desire is wrong. You need to, you need to check your desire out. You say, but I like this. Okay, so what? You like this. Let me ask you a question. In heaven, does that go on in heaven? Then you need to start checking that thing out. It might not be of any value here. It might just be taking your time. I was joking with him at, at class the other night. I play solitaire. That's about all I do, which is not much of a, much of a life, I guess. But I'm like up to like 138 eight games on each of the five solitaires. That takes some time. That's a lot of wasted time. I confessed to the class the other night, and I'm, I'm asking for prayer to help me stop that stuff, you know, get out of it. But, I mean, I don't, the other game, they're simple games that are just sitting there and, and you, you know, you're trying to kill a few minutes here and there but while you're thinking, and you, you play something, but it's a waste. It's a waste of time. And I still do it. 138 games is a lot of time. Because you, you can't win everyone. That would be 138 straight wins. You ain't going to do that. And if you think you're going to win the lottery, I heard got on the radio the other day say, the house always wins. You know, so you guys, if you think you're going to beat the devil, ain't going to happen. The house always wins. The devil is the god of this world. The house always wins. You may think you have some minor wins. Man, people, they'll go to, I, I laugh at people. They, they'll win a lottery and get $100, and they'll go back and spend $500 on tickets. They, I mean, you just, I, I stopped at a, a, a casino one time, a long time ago. I've mentioned this before. Out in Utah or Arizona or someplace out there, as I'm on my way to California to go to the school. And I got a roll of coins, $20 worth of quarters. And I went in there just a while. I mean, this place was like out in the middle of the desert, I mean, what would you have at casino? I didn't know there was anybody out in the desert like that. But they put a casino up. There's money everywhere. And these people would come in, and they must have been their Social Security checks. And they all looked like they were broke and poor. I felt sorry for them. But I took those quarters and started putting them in. And I figured in in about 20 minutes, I'd lose the $20, and I'd be done. I was there four or five hours later. I was still throwing quarters in. I'd win some, lose some, win some, lose some, win some, lose some. And and after a while, it, it finally took my last quarter. And I went and got my car, and that's the last time I ever went to a place like that. But I watched those people, and they're, they were looking like, I'm going to hit the big one. I'm going to hit the big one. I'm gonna, you know, if you hit the big one, you're just going to try to hit another big one. Because you're never going to be satisfied with that little stuff. The desire is all wrong. Your desire is after the stuff of this, the rudiments of the world. They're not. That's not what you want. He, the desire is restoring to me. And then he said, once the desire, you know, David knew some stuff. He goes, once I get this back, Verse 13, he goes, Then will I teach transgressors thy way. When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time you spent some time trying to win somebody to Jesus Christ? When was the last time you ever thought maybe your desire is wrong? When was the last time you had a stack of tracks? George called me. He called me the other day, and I was out running around getting some parts for uh, Mike and and, uh, Brother Barry. And uh, George called me, and he said, Hey! I'm glad. Well, actually, I called him. He goes, he goes, uh, boy, I'm glad you called. I said, well, I'm glad you answered the phone. And I'm in the black van out there with a the trailer behind me. And he goes, I need you to bring me some gospel tracks, man. I'm like, okay. I said, he goes, I, I got to pass them out while I'm here. I ain't got none. I said, okay. I said, you mind me coming up there looking like a heathen? I said, man, I got my, my blue jeans on with holes in them. And, and I, I said, I look like a heathen. Don't tell nobody I'm a pastor. I said, I'll come up there if you don't tell nobody. And he starts laughing, and I take him up there. I call him back tonight. He said, "Mike, did a nurse come to church this morning?" And I said, "I don't think I've seen one." He goes, "I've seen one, but it wasn't her." And he goes, "I told him, and she was crying. I gave her that track. She was crying. I said, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, she goes, "I know I'm supposed to get back in church. I need to get back in church." I said, well, brother, give her some time, man. I said, it may take another track or two to get her. I said, you don't know what her schedule's like. I said, but just keep doing You know what a blessing was? Here's a guy who broke his hip, laid down, and getting under conviction. Makes me bring him some tracks. I'm like, hey, why didn't you think about this before you fell down and had some tracks in your pocket? I tell you, all the time, keep tracks in your pocket. Now you're trackless, and you want me to, but hey, man, I go help him. I called him tonight, man. You know what he, and he told me? He said, Did you come? Did you come? Did you come? Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you got that excited about somebody coming to church? When was the last time you had a part in somebody? David said, Right here. He said, Then will I teach others. You know, if your desire is wrong, you won't care about that. Or it's, it's something that's off to the side. If it happens, it happens. No, no, no. That's my main purpose. If Jesus Christ said, I came to seek and save that which was lost, my main purpose should be that, period. Nothing else. Now, I've got to eat and sleep and everything else. And I don't care about none of the rest of that stuff. And, and some people got to be rich and some people going to be poor. That's just the way life is. If you're smart enough to make money, that's fine. But don't let it ever get in the way of what you're here for. You should always be out for souls. That's what he's. David goes, then will I reach. David knows the condition I'm in right now. I'm not doing what I should be doing. And I know the problem is me. And I need you to straighten me out, Lord. Do it. And he said, then will I teach, other, teach transgressors that way. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltless, uh, O oh, oh God, the, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O oh Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praises. Now I'm going to tell you two things right here. Here's, the, here's, here's God's response to us. David is going to give you God's response to us in verse 16. For thou desirest not sacrifice. This is just some things God doesn't require. He doesn't even want it. You can can say I'll do this and I'll do this, and he he could care less about any part of that. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. David said I'll give you anything you want, but you don't want that. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. What God wants, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. You know, you get a broken spirit, you start looking at yourself. And say, Lord, I'm nowhere near where you're at. You got to be honest. Truth, truth, truth hurts. You can't look at somebody else and say, but you. Oh, man, that's, if you do, you're making the biggest mistake you ever. Everybody has fleas. Everybody has fleas. Everybody has, I mean, just, we was over at the house. And there was bed bugs in that house. And they were all dead. They looked all dead, but you never can tell if they're all dead. Uh, and I go home and Beth goes, I gotta go take a shower. Aah! I feel all dirty. And she took all of her clothes, threw them in the, the dryer and heated Well, actually, washed them first, then threw them in the dryer and heated them up. Killed If there was anything there, was it was going to be dead or flushed down the toilet or down the, the drain over there. And then she goes takes a shower, and she puts me under uh, bed bug shame and makes me go take a shower because she she feels bad. She doesn't want bed bugs in the house, which I don't blame her. Uh, and, you know, you sit there and look at that thing. We all have issues in every person. And if you start looking, that's childishness. That's just that's not what David, David all through this psalm never looked at anybody else. David's looking strictly at his self and he goes, Lord, I don't care about nobody else at this point. I want to be right with you and I want my desires to be where you're at. He says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. David was broken. He had to watch his son die. He had to watch Absalom die. He had to watch, uh, he looked at his daughter that got raped by his other, he had to always think about that little baby that died, knowing that, hey, I was the one who caused that. There, there's a, he's a broken heart. David was broken. He says, oh God, thou wilt not despise. God will not despise a broken and contrite heart. He's looking. You know what David said later? Psalm 27, go to Psalm 27. I got one thing to say and I will be done. Desire. What's your desires tonight? What do you desire? Psalm 27, verse 4. David says this. The beloved psalmist. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That's King David. That isn't just a little guy out there who's, who's nothing. This is King David talking here. This is a man. This is a man that could go out with a sword And take out Goliath. This is a man. He he did it with slinging a stone. This is a man who could wield a sword all day long. And fight all day long. And kill people all day long. This guy right here would make a Navy SEAL look like a, a little baby. This is a man. This is a man. This is a man's man. This is a man. It's not a child. This is a man. You know what David desires? He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord. That I That will I seek after. It's not that the Lord's going to make me. No, no, I want it. I want it. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to go after it with everything I got. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire at his temple. You know what I don't ever have to worry about? Is going to heaven. I'm saved, born again, on my way to heaven, and I'm going to be there for eternity, and nobody can stop that if they wanted to. But I could lose the desire to serve Him, and I can lose the desire to want to talk to Him or have Him in my presence. And I'll start loving the things of this world, and the things of this world mean absolutely nothing at all to Him. He gives them and takes them away. They mean nothing to Him. They mean nothing to Him. And, and we, there's no value of that. But I tell you what, you take a person that has a broken heart, I'm telling you, the reason I'm handing out those prayer books, I've read stories about people praying and if you get, and that, tell you what, that, what would Jesus do, WWJD, in his steps? That preacher got a group of people, seven or eight people, I forget exactly how many, and got them guys starting to look at Jesus Christ and their, what they were doing in their personal lives. And that changed an entire church. And it wasn't even a Baptist church. And that ended up changing an entire town. Now, brethren, I know if you get God involved, it will change your life. Not only that, it'll change the lives of the other. What's your desire? Take the songbooks. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to sing. I'll, 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 will I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do it. 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 Can you bring me a songbook, please? Thank you. Four forty-six. Where's Jerry at, man?